but here's my point, okay? It's Division One football! And tonight, hey, it was BYOG, bring your own guts. And they brought some guts and some heart, and they never quit. I got more gray hair than I've ever had. My wife doesn't like hanging around losers. I've been losing, so I mean, it ain't been good. I told them how about them fucking dogs. That's what I told them. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. We need more dogs. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And they run through our ass like shit through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop it. Could not stop him. Congratulations, Zach. Go Tigers. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into week five of the Parlay Like a Champion podcast. The boys are back. We even have two of the gentlemen together in person this week. We will bring them in shortly, uh, but let us quickly look back on week five. I will say this right now. If we are uh, not your number one podcast when it comes to college football betting. You need to make that change. The boys go four and one again last week, bringing the to- season total to 15, four and one. That would be 78% since this podcast began. That brings us up to 63% uh, on winners. Last week, though, there was a lone loss. We, we went mudding. We went deep in the mud and we almost escaped. We got one tire stuck. At the very last bit, Mark, <laughs> I turn it to you, sir. Twice this season now, you have been the lone loser on a four and one week. Tell me more and apologize to the people. Yeah. So first of all, uh, thanks for having me uh, back after uh, my second loss. Uh, what I'll say is I'm sorry for the pick. Two defensive touchdowns allowed in the first half did us in. Um, obviously, hard to account for that when you're handicapping. A little unlucky but it happened. Someone had to bat ninth for the 98 Yankees. That was Scott Brocious. It just so happens that this podcast is so electric this year that my two and two record looks even worse. I want to remind people I'm the only person with a 500 or better record every single year doing this. I will return to glory. I've got no loss of faith in my picks. I'm sorry for the Rutgers pick, but I will be back. And of course, Go ahead, Mark. Go ahead. Heck, heck of a record being 500. You've also cost us, I think, $3,000 in doing this in, well, in, since 2016. A little more emotion, please. I'm a victim of circumstance here. Um, you guys you guys are winning. Credit to you. Um, I'm not used to all of your winning picks coming at once every week. So, like I said, my picks look a little bit worse than somebody else's losses would look in previous years. But I'm here to say we'll right the ship. We'll win some parlays here soon. And uh, I don't know. Go Rutgers. Uh, Mark, Mark, you're kind of like, I appreciate your apology, but you're kind of saying like, I'm sorry, but it really wasn't my fault. Like you're almost you're you're kind of acting like Kenny Galladay, like feed me the ball more. Well, you keep dropping the ball. The point is, honestly, I'm a little disappointed. The point is. The 98 Yankees went 114 and 48, won the World Series. Scott Brocious batted ninth that year. He hit 300 with 98 RBIs. They also won four rings. Well, not Who that the year. Rings, they Mark? I'm telling you, I'll be back. It it's just not looks that a I little, don't. It's it's not that I don't believe in you because it every just year, looks a little worse because everybody's doing so well this year. Hats year, off to you guys. Every year you do really well. Thank you. Um, I'm but two you, and two. It's not like I'm zero and four. 
You've never been in this position. Well, as a Yankees fan, you shouldn't accept 500 ball. Just well, saying. we haven't won a ring since 09, but my 98 analogy works perfectly in this scenario. We're just we're just challenging ourselves to just all be as sharp as possible. Iron yeah, sharpens that. iron. That's right. And I'm here to say I'll be sharp. Let me bring something up. So we've had five weeks. No, we've had four weeks, right? Four. Jeff, is that right? That's correct. Four weeks. Four weeks. And every single week we've lost one game, right? Correct. So perhaps we should do a four team parlay <laughs> and just let me cut finish. one person. Let me oh. finish. Instead of the punishment for whoever comes in last having to do a book report like Bechtel had to do last year, whoever comes in last gets relegated and has to do another parlay with, I don't know, <laughs> we can just bring up some random people, but you get relegated to that parlay for the 2023 season and then four of us run with it and probably just go four and oh every week what do you think about that not a bad idea but put a lot of pressure on some people we'll have to workshop that idea there are some logistical concerns but the the thought of not being able to be degenerates with you guys every week in the fall though like legitimately makes me sad and like the listeners can't see our faces but for the amount of shit that we give each other there is incredible camaraderie in this podcast. Yeah. No one is no one is in a group text like we are on Saturdays yeah. in the fall. No one. Let me tell you, brother, I'm just happy to have you by my side, brother. We'll keep riding. We'll could we'll throw Rob's proposal into consideration, but I'm with Bechtel. Uh wouldn't wouldn't want to have any other four guys by my side when it comes to putting together a parlay because as we tell the people, you should be betting these games individually. At 15, they'd, four, and one, they'd be rich money. as hell. I yes, was gonna say, since this podcast was created 59, 31, and four, I mean, that's How nothing to you? scoff at. And one more thing, every single time someone has lost a pick, the very next week their pick has hit. So if you want to pick to put some extra units behind this week, it might just be what Mark has up his sleeve. That's all I'll say. Um, let us quickly recap week four. As I mentioned, we went muddy. Yes, Rutgers plus seven and a half against Iowa. It got us stuck in the mud. But we did come out as winners. Bechtel with UConn plus 38 and a half. The big number, I I have no idea what's to come for this podcast, but I, I would imagine Bechtel might be on a trend here with big number, big dogs. But UConn covers plus 38 and a half at NC State. Espo rides Kansas minus seven and a half against Duke. They end up pulling it out. Rob, I, I want to pause here. I just, I need to pause. There is something about these unders that is truly indescribable and i want you rob to try to describe it to the people on how you've managed to pull three unders out of your ass the way you have this season yeah and i think i apologize to the group chat at halftime which i rarely do in a a prey a hail mary of a reverse jinx that ended up working out the funny thing about it is if you miss the game and just check the score like ah rob hit another under right but obviously if you were following the game it was very dark very quickly very early And the only thing I can say, Jeff, to answer your question is the great thing about unders is because you're always winning until you're not. That's the best part about them. So uh, I think that was Aristotle, right? (laughs) Well, something like that. Aristotle, Matt Ropp, the undertaker. Right. Here's the thing. When I started on this under train last year that I was so successful with, I was having like these no doubters that were like so good that they were not close. There were buses involved. I think this year on this little under streak I'm on, like you could debate that I 
probably should have lost three of them. Like if I would have had the over in those games, you would have been like, man, you're getting unlucky, right? Bad beats yeah. all around. Yes. So I could yes. be due for some sharp, sharp unders now that I've been, I guess, it, winning with picks that if, maybe shouldn't have won, but they still 50, won. 52 points in the first half last week. I got to give it to you in the Ole Miss game. I got to give it to you. Cause it's one of those things where like, again i don't take totals i just it's not my bread and butter <laughs> but like you pull up whatever sports app you you use to follow the game and it's like oh 14 all in the first quarter like and it's just it's just like you have to just stomach what like what you're going through for the next two and a half hours yeah, yeah i like uh, gotta force it down right yeah. like, shout out action app but they show you the percentage chance you're yes i was win. gonna comment on that it, it is awesome i think at one point i was like six percent or something like that that i know no 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 i was following this and i was going to make the comment at one point it was the over was 97 percent chance right. of happening sounds you were down to a three percent chance and you pulled out right. your ass and then this sort of starts kind of coming back a little bit 11 percent, 28 percent yes 39 and then you have a green dot and you right. celebrate so, and yeah it's like no. the spider-man meme when he's climbing up the wall just climbing back into the game certainly back into the cover. It. But still got the win, four and zero, baby. It's all that matters. No pictures on these scorecards. And then right. finally, Oregon State plus five and a half. It was a win, but I want to apologize to the listeners. I had no idea this game was on the Pac-12 network. I apologize to anyone who was trying to watch this game as I was. Um, this podcast might think I went to sleep. I didn't. I was sitting there refreshing the action app on my phone, nonstop, just trying to follow along because the Pac-12 network does the Pac-12, which Again, yes, the Pac-12 network is owned by the Pac-12, yet they do their teams dirty. They can't even get them on a network where people can watch the game. So Oregon State covers, but you wouldn't have known it because you wouldn't have seen it. Then again, we went four and one and we're on to week five. Let's turn it over. This podcast is for picks. Let's bring it to the people. Um, we only have one person on this podcast who has yet to lose. He is the undertaker. Yes, I know Josh only has a tie, but four and oh is better than three oh and one. So, Rob, the floor is yours. What disgusting 97% chance at an over-under are we going to hit this week? All right. So, like I mentioned, I'm feeling like I'm due for, wow, that was a good underpick. So, it could be this week. Um, so, I'm going to do the Pac-12, and I've got Cal and Washington State under 53 and a half. Um, so, basically, the handicap is this. Last time we saw these two teams – Washington State was giving up 29 points in the fourth quarter to lose to Oregon, and Cal was scoring 49 points in a win over Arizona. One thing I do like to do is fade what I saw the previous week. Um, so you saw a bunch of points. You saw some bad defense. Neither of those things are normal for either of those football programs. Both head coaches, former defensive coordinators, they play conservative offenses. They run the football, control the clock, and they play great defense. Um, so one thing you can assume with these coaches is they're going to point out, make a point of emphasis this week in practice. Let's play better defense. Let's get back to how we like to win football games. Um, so I think Washington state's probably pretty embarrassed um, after giving up 44 points and blowing a 12 point lead with five minutes to play. That game was nuts last week. So these are two solid football teams. They don't turn the ball over. Uh, I expect a little bit of a different style of game as opposed to the shootout. Both of these teams played last week. Last year, these two teams combined um, for 27 points total in their matchup last year. So I don't think it'll be that low. 
but I am a little bit more confident in the under for this game than I have been in previous weeks. So we got Cal Washington state under 53 and a half. It's not the PAC 12 game. I was hoping you were going to take, I'll say more about that when I get to my picks, but I can, I can sign on the dotted line. Who am I to doubt you at this point when it comes to these awful, disgusting unders five and would be a cool start. Let's, let's get it done. Does anyone on this podcast hate that pick? We're not often. We were on the golf course today. Uh, We're up up in the ocean state uh, for a big member guest over at Warwick country club. And when Rob said that to me, I was just like, do I think of Cal as a dynamic offense? No wash state, whatever. It just feels right. Do you think if we asked our listeners, if we said the ocean state and we gave them five guesses that they would pick Rhode Island. Cause I sure as hell wouldn't. (laughs) No. It's 1,200 square miles of just beautiful coastline. I, Gosh, go ahead. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I used to, like, scoff at these hunters. But it's just, like, now it's just, like, all right, like, I'm going to lay the bet. It's probably going to hit. And I'm going to have a really miserable time rooting for it and winning the money. So it's, it's kind of – watching that game now. Right. So here's the thing. It's, on, it's at 5.30 and maybe it's on Pac-12 Networks. It's kind of a weird time. 2:30 kick in the west coast so maybe it's done on tv you know maybe yeah probably not going to watch it but again i'll happily watch the money flow right into the bank account you, you know exactly there you go that's one way to do it all right cal wazoo under 53 and a half rock what just missed the cut just missed the cut we got oklahoma state plus two at baylor um oklahoma state has had two weeks to prepare oklahoma state is five and one straight up and against the spread after their last six bye weeks we got a little revenge factor they lost at home last year as a seven point favorite to Baylor. So I think with a little bit of extra rest, I think Oklahoma state is going to come out with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder and take care of Baylor in Waco. Having bet Baylor once this year, I love the idea of fainting Baylor because I don't like that offense whatsoever. So right. I agreed. I'm kind of on the opposite side of that one. I, I think that Baylor's a little bit more battle tested. Um, Could be. They went and played a good BYU team in a sort they of a did. tough environment. I don't know. I, that, that was when I was leaning Baylor, but, you know, good luck to you. Have beat, fun. Yeah, they beat I, I mean, I can't argue. They are more battle-tested. How good is Oklahoma State? We don't really know. We don't. It's not in the parlay, though. So, I mean, hey, there's a reason we give B picks. We should probably total up the B pick record, but ultimately we are measured on what we put in the parlay. Although I would agree, I think that there's a good good angle for both uh, both sides on that one. Glad, glad, sir, that you brought us another under. Thank you for that gift. Yes. Um, I, I did not mean to throw shade at this other gentleman on the podcast yet to lose a game, although he does have one tie. In fact, historically, he has the most ties of any person on this podcast. Five ties, all-time record. Josh, I don't know how you do it, man, but the floor is yours. Yeah, I, li- I like to live life on the edge. And there was no shade received. I just wanted to make sure people were aware that I also have not lost yet. That's that. There's an important difference there. People are um, aware. I went, I went to the mud last week. I came out alive. I came out clean. I'm going back to the mud this week. Uh, the only difference with this week is I'm headed to Big Ten country where I was born and raised. I uh, went to Penn State myself. And I'm going to the Nebraska game as they are hosting Indiana. Nebraska is a five-point favorite over the Indiana Hoosiers. Now, everyone knows that Big Ten football can get really, really ugly. It gets even uglier when you go into those bottom-tier Big Ten teams. So in those really, really ugly games, I like the teams that can control the ball. I say that all the time, but ball control to me in games like this where the spreads are, uh, you know, like one possession, I think that's really important. So this would actually – this is going to surprise some people, but Nebraska is actually top 10 
in the country in third down conversions. That's mind boggling when you think about how bad of a football team they are. Um, so to me, the fact that they're going to be able to keep the ball out of Indiana's hands like that um, while they're at home, I think that bodes really well for them. On the same topic of ball control, Indiana's giving up 150 yards per game on the ground. That's a lot. Nebraska pounds it on the ground. They run for 193 yards per game. And so, again, with the ball control, I just think Nebraska is going to have the ball the majority of the game. And it almost feels like Indiana's going to have to score and put up points almost every possession um, to play to stay in the game. As far as the turnover margin, they, they both kind of cancel each other out. Um, so that's really not too much of a worry for me. And then lastly, for Indiana, yeah, they're three and one. I think it's a little bit inflated. Uh, their opponents are averaging 74 penalty yards per game. That's a lot. Um, Nebraska actually only averages 41 yards per game with penalties. And so because of that, yeah, that's a little, that's a little stat that you wouldn't be expecting to hear. Um, so with all of this to be said, I I love Nebraska in this game. I think it's a total rat line. Um, I think the public sees this and they're like, why is Nebraska who's one in three favored against anyone in the big 10? Um, and why are they favored against someone who's three and one? Well, I went to the, I went to my, uh, my data site, and I found what the squares were doing. And guess what? The squares are on Indiana at a rate of 60%. I love fading the squares. It seems to be working. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Go Cornhuskers minus five over Indiana. I think we need a new segment on this podcast each week. Uh, obviously, Tough Mudder is not a sponsor, but we'll maybe talk to them, see if they want to sponsor the, the Tough Mudder of the week. This is the, this is the mud pick, I think. I haven't even heard uh Bechtel's pick or Mark's pick but this is easily the mud pick Nebraska lane points to anyone what are we doing what hard, is happening hard <laughs> Espo said uh I love Nebraska and I don't <laughs> hard, think hard to do I don't think I've ever even thought to say those uh words even in my head uh the last couple of years under you, Scott Frost so it's honestly it's so fair of you to say that but you think about who I said last week, and I loved Kansas. Like, yeah, but Kansas, Kansas is a good football team. Kansas yeah. is a wagon with a good coach. I know it was part of my handicap, which hit no big deal. <laughs> but, but like, Mark wasn't it, here for that. Historically, those names like Kansas and Nebraska. I mean, Kansas used to be below them, right? So it doesn't really matter about the team. We bet numbers, folks. That's what we do. We find value. If there's value in the mud, we go there. If there's value in the Mountain, we go there, whatever. I'm I'm sensing a bit of a theme here uh with our picks. I, I do I do want to try to take a little bit of the the sale or the wind from, from Josh's picks. I'm gonna jump into mine. Uh Bechtel and I are both tied at three and one, but his angle on Nebraska, Indiana, I feel like I gotta jump in. Oh, we didn't get your B pick. Josh, I'm so sorry. I, I even told you in the beginning we were gonna go A B. So hit me with it. So we'll much shade thrown Josh's well, way. Well, we usually there. hate his B pick, so it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, we should Josh, probably just cut this, this part week. out of the podcast. Yeah. I literally I literally feel like the New England Patriots, who the biggest dynasty in sports history, every year everyone questioned their strength of schedule and if they deserved it. That's what I feel like. Anyways, my B pick is a combination of the two teams that I've ridden the last two weeks as my B pick, both of which have hit. I'm taking Mississippi State minus three and a half against Texas A&M in Stark Vegas at home with the Cowbells. 4 p.m. kick, going to turn into a night game. A&M's offense has been really, really bad, like awful. 77th in the country at converting third downs on the road. That's not good. Um, Not only that, but 
they lost their top wide receiver and probably their best offensive player for the entire year last year. And and Anais Smith, I probably mispronounced that. I sincerely apologize. Um, That's going to make them even more one-dimensional than they already are. Um, And so because of that, with all that being said, I think it's a total rat line. I think people see A&M and they're like, why the hell are these guys underdogs? Um, And so I'm taking Mississippi State minus three and a half versus Texas A&M. Who has shade for or uh, for I suppose B pick? I like that pick. I think oh. that I think that this offense has to prove that they can actually do something. Um, you know, I, I feel like we heard a lot of like Texas A and M hype. You had Saban and Jimbo going back and forth, and now like look at where Texas A and M is, kind of where they what they're trending to probably win nine games. Yeah, maybe ten. I I, I don't probably not ten. No, I just I feel it. I just feel like Jimbo as a coach and AM as a program, I feel like they there's a light switch somewhere around ready to be flipped at any time. And it wouldn't surprise me at any time if it went on. So um, I, I am agree. I I'm, agree with that. I'm pretty hesitant to bet against AM regardless of the situation, just because I hold Jimbo in pretty high regard. And yes, AM had the uh greatest recruiting class of all time this past season um and then lost to app state they've got oh. i mean but they've got a bunch of studs i mean their roster is just loaded with studs and jimbo is one of the best whether you like him as a person or not and i, I just feel like the switch is always there to flip well this week doesn't seem like we have that much of a problem with your B pick, Espo, but I'm sure you'll conjure up some shade for us next week when that pick hits. In addition to you, got to create pick. your you got to create your own bulletin board material out here. You know that's right. When you're love a that. dynasty man, love that, Josh. Right. All right. Well, I'm gonna take the the mic here. I've got a Big Ten country pick, and my angle builds on what Espo was breaking down with Nebraska and Indiana. I'm taking Illinois plus seven at Wisconsin. Uh, this is not your father's Illinois. This is also not your father's Wisconsin. Illinois is playing much better football than I think we're giving them credit. They had one bad loss to that very bad team in Indiana. That was a bit of a fluky loss. Uh, I wouldn't say Illinois played great, but they should have won that game. Indiana scored in the final seconds to end up winning by three. At this point, I think if Illinois was 4-0, we'd be talking about a much different line. The reason we'd be talking about a different line is I don't really care that Wisconsin got the absolute shit kicked out of them last week by Ohio State. That game was over five minutes into the first quarter. This isn't a handicap on that. This is a handicap on the fact that Wisconsin's defense is not what it normally is, and their rushing attack isn't better than Illinois'. If you look at Illinois defensively, they give up fewer yards per rush than Wisconsin does. You look at Illinois rushing, they rush for more yards per attempt than Wisconsin does. Actually, I take that back. They're tied. They're tied in yards per attempt. But the idea is Wisconsin, what they do really well, they don't do as well as they did historically against a team like Illinois or against any team for that case. I'm going to take the dog. I'm really happy with where Illinois is. Uh, Tommy DeVito. He takes care of the football. Um, they have a great running back at Wisconsin, Braylon Allen, but I think Chase Brown deserves more hype than he gets. I think Illinois is going to be able to keep this one close. I don't think they win outright, but I do think they'll be able to keep it at 42 and a 43 and a half. Vegas is basically projecting a 23 to 18 or 17 game or sorry, 25 to 18 game. I think there's going to be plenty of opportunities for Illinois to keep it close. Noon kick, 11 a.m. Central Time. This one's going to be a snoozer. Uh, Espo, you always say it best. This feels like Beth a Beth Moans. Moans. This Beth is a Beth Moans 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 game. Call. 
Absolutely. Yeah. You can and just in a feel Beth it. Moen's game, you want the dog. It's just simply what you want. And you know because it's, it. it's just gross. It's really exactly. gonna be it's gonna be gross. Yeah. Let's get yes. Beth Moen's on the pod. Yeah, let's get Beth year. out here. Let's get her on. We, sh- we should check in, see see what she thinks about those eleven AM central time kicks in the Big Ten. But that's yes. what Beth Moen lives for. She does. Yeah. I mean, that's why her paycheck gets cut. So she does really live for it. Um, for me, what just missed the cut, I'm going for uh, Oregon State, Utah, under 54 and a half. I was hoping this is where Rop was going to take us. Uh, both teams love to run the football. Utah just lost their best pass catching weapon in their tight end. Oregon State also lost their best pass catching weapon in their tight end. We just saw Oregon State uh, and, and USC run through a, a slop fest, 17 to 14. Utah doesn't have explosive plays. Utah just wants to grind you to a pulp. Guess what? So does Oregon State. Neither one of these teams is going to pop anything big. We're looking at six, seven-minute scoring drives. I think this game finishes somewhere in the total of around 42. Uh, Therefore, I think under 54.5 is a lock. This one is one of those ones like the other week, like last week when I took Texas Tech. Texas Tech ends up beating Texas outright, and they were my B pick. I am just (laughs) – looks like – I think. Just live, folks. It's Thursday night. I think we just had a South Carolina touchdown. Is that South Carolina that touchdown? Breaking news. Do, 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 do. Spencer, Spencer Rattler, Rattler to Austin Stogner. Oh, the transfer boys hooking up. Yes, Oklahoma connection. Wow. Sorry. Good luck being Go South ahead, Carolina Jeff. State. No, no, it's okay. I've I've said my piece. Oregon State, Utah under fifty four and a half. Um, Jeff, I like that. I'm gonna lay it in in honor of you and taking an under. I've I'm just gonna take it. Let's it's do rare, it. man. Let's, it's let's pair it, up. Let's under boys. Um, I've been feeling good about my B picks lately and the A picks have been hitting as well. So uh, hoping to bring some winning bets to, to both sides of that coin. Um, big 10 for me, big 10 for Josh. Uh, looks like next on the list at three and one tied with me, but Bechtel, thank you for seeding to me since I could carry over that Indiana handicap who you got this week. Thank you. Uh, you touched on it uh, last week that, you know, I I've taken some of the biggest dogs, some of the hairiest, the ugliest filled with fleas, I've got another one, um, and it's the one that burned us last week. I've got Rutgers. I liked it at 40 and a half. I like it at 39 and a half, and I know it feels wrong, but I got to do it. Um, Shiano, in his second year, Rutgers covered 37 and a half in 2020. Um, final score of that game was Ohio State 49, Rutgers 21. Ohio State that year would then go on to lose in the natty. In 2021, Ohio State covered 15 against Rutgers. Final score was 50, 52 to 13 total margin was 39 Rutgers was three and one going into that game. Just like they are right now played Michigan sort of tough that year. Uh, Ohio state was coming off of 59 to seven drilling of Akron. And now in 2022, the line is 39 and a half. Um, I believe in the coaching ability of Shiano and his familiarity with that that program from being involved with that team for so long. Um, And when you read, you know, some of the quotes I've read going back and forth about, uh, Ryan Day and, and Greg Schiano, they are very close. Um, you know, one of the things I guess Ryan Day just said just this past week was he has a lot of great traits. He's an excellent motivator, creates great relationships with his players. He motivates. He's very intelligent. He can really drive the whole program at a high level. He sees it. He understands what needs to get done. I think he's an excellent leader and very smart coach. Uh, at one point, Schiano also spoke on his relationship with Ohio State head coach Ryan Day. He says, we're close. He's an excellent football coach. He and his family are great people. And we go to compete, we compete. Otherwise, we're friends. Now, when I read stuff like that, does that sound like one guy that, you know, if you're beating your buddy, like Jeff, let's say when you're beating me in golf and something like, sure, you want to beat me by 
15 or whatever. But do you need I to do. beat me by 30? Yes. 40? Yes. You're capable <laughs> of a much larger tantrum than Greg Schiano. <laughs> well, okay, fair enough. But anyway, <laughs> uh, the other thing is this Rutgers team, the defense ranks in the top 60 in most categories. Um, I think they're, they're going to be big enough to play ball with them for a little bit, at least slow the game down, bleed the clock. They rush the ball more than they've passed. It means a lot of clock just bleeding throughout. And But regardless, it, this is going to be one of those games where you're holding on to your cheeks in the third quarter, hoping that you know basically Rutgers is going to kick a field goal or, or just get a broken play touchdown. Um, the other thing that I do like about this as well is that I have an insider. Um, let's call him the Buckeye bus. Uh, we all know him. Um, and his take on the game I found very interesting. I reached out to him. I said, what do you think about this game? And he said, you know, our, our offense is a freight train. I think we were up 35, nothing at the half. I think final score is 49 to 10. What's the line? Didn't even we'll know the line it. and threw that out there, which to me, I think that when it's your home crowd, I, I think you're kind of leaning on them in a more positive light. So I like the fact that the number is the number. I think, I think we can cover this game and Bechtel's home for the, the homeless, fleeless, you know, dogs is open again. This feels um, like Jeff mentioned that my pick is the muddiest and the combination of the two teams in mine are definitely the muddiest, but having to watch Rutgers cover a large number, just like UConn last week, it, it worked. I'm not knocking it. It's muddy as hell. I do like it though. And it's for one reason. And that reason is Ohio state recruits at such a high clip. Those guys, those true freshmen don't get to play every week because they're so loaded. They're going to get run in this game. They're going to try to show what they can do. They're going to have the backups in um, and they're still going to ball on them, but they're not going to ball on them the way that Marvin Harrison jr. And CJ Stroud and all their other first round picks are going to do. So I like it. One other thing I'd like to add. What if I told you they didn't cover 40 against Arkansas state? Do we think Arkansas state is a better program than Rutgers with Shiano? <laughs> That's a great question. They That's a be, good debate. Let's argue is- Arkansas state Rutgers. <laughs> But either way, that's the pick. I'm sticking with Rutgers, getting 39 and a half. Shiano, man. My favorite part about this, Bechtel, is you're leaning into it. You know, Rob's the under guy. I take the dogs. Espo fades the squares. We'll find out more about Mark's angle here, but you are going in on the hairiest, the stinkiest, the flea-ridden dogs every week. I think this is the thing you need to stick with. I I appreciate you bringing it back. It It was electric when my mother was in my kitchen asking me why I was yelling at a 31 to three UConn game on my screen. She doesn't understand that that's why you bet on games. So you can care about everything. Everything. What just missed the cut this week? Uh, What just missed the cut? Uh, Arkansas getting 17 at home. Um, I love it. Bam is a little bit dinged with Bryce young. Jordan battle might not go. They're both, both questionable. This could also be saving just playing games. Um, Arkansas has gotten rolled in this game the last couple of years. Um, they're hungry. Will they eat? Um, Bama has also just won one of the last five road games by more than a field goal and two of its last four wins in the span that we saw the, the tide win late, despite averaging, you know, basically being a 20 point favorite on the road. Um, so the last five true road games, uh, 2022 at Texas. So this year they were 21 and a half point favorite. They won 2019, 2021 at Auburn. They were a 20 and a half point favorite. They won 24, 22. Uh, 2021 at Miss State line was 17 and a half. They won 49 to nine. That's the game they covered. Uh, 2021 Texas A&M minus 18 and a half. They lost 41 to 38 outright. 
2021 at number 11, Florida, uh, giving 14, they won 31 to 29. So this has been kind of a recent trend for these Bama teams on the road. Uh, I'm going to roll with it. I like Sam Pittman and the boys. I like KJ Jefferson. I like what they're doing there. I'm glad this is your B pick. I like the pick as well, but usually on this podcast, we say you never get rich betting against saving. So glad it's in the B slot, but I think I'll be betting that one with you just the same. The public is on Arkansas. I got to say that. Oh no, I don't know. I think, I think our guy, the, the square hater. Uh, oh, there he is. He's present. Mr. It's a B pick, you know, it's a, it's a B pick. I'm I'm not going to ride him for it. Squares are squares. The way he rides me for mine. I'm not going to lay it. I don't ever bet against Alabama. That's why it's um, the B pick. <laughs> right. Exactly. To round out the parlay, as I mentioned earlier, everyone who has lost a game so far this season has bounced back with a victory. If you are looking for a place to maybe place an extra unit, this might be the spot where you're taking us this week, Mark. Yeah. So uh, you're curious what my angle generally is. It is more, more often than not underdogs. I like another underdog this week. We're going to the SEC where it just means more to the Grove, Oxford, Mississippi, Kentucky's getting a touchdown number seven in the land. And I love it. Um, Kentucky will Levis playing pretty well. Um, I expect him um, to have his team ready to compete for a noon road game at the Grove. Um, Kentucky 17th in the country in total defense, 11th in scoring defense. Ole Miss runs the ball really well. Kentucky's run defense is 33rd in the country. They're only giving up 108 yards on the ground. I think Jackson Dart, who was my dark horse, uh, along with Jeff's dark horse, to win the Heisman this year, kind of slow going so far, um, and they've found some success running the ball because Jackson Dart just really hasn't gotten it done. Uh, They're going to need Jackson Dart to, to really step up and um, Kentucky is also 15th in the country in passing yards. Moral of the story, Kentucky's defense is elite. Mark Stoops, I think, is an elite coach. Probably should have gotten the LSU head coaching job as an aside. Um, and I love the fact that they're getting a touchdown here. That's it. That's the handicap. Kentucky plus a touchdown. I love it, Mark. I'm in. I'm riding. And <laughs> yeah. right, since you lost last week, I love that no game. way you lose this week. Yes, Absolutely I love not. the support, boys. Kentucky's go, lot, baby. go Cats. Haven't seen a lot of Jackson Dart either, you know? No, that's oh, true. Also, I'm pretty sure Zach Evans, who is a incredibly dynamic running back, is not playing. Did you mention that? I did not mention that, but that's a good nugget. Pre- pretty sure he's out uh, this week, but could, could play. It doesn't seem likely. All right. Awesome. Well, they're averaging 281 yards on the ground, so that would be big for them. What just missed the cut this week? Uh, just missed the cut is uh, hold. Let me get up my stats again. So just missed the cut. Um, Georgia, they are four touchdown favorites on the road at Missouri. I am not typically a road favorite better, but I've watched Georgia play football enough this year already to know that against Missouri, four touchdowns is not enough. Georgia wins this game by seven touchdowns. They dismantled. Oregon, they dismantled South Carolina on the road. Missouri is not even close to the program that either uh, Oregon or South Carolina is. And I'm not talking up South Carolina here. I just don't think Missouri is remotely competent as a program. And Georgia wins this game by at least six touchdowns. 
I'm not going to lie. I personally would have loved to see that be your A pick because I think Georgia got a whooping this week in practice after a less than stellar outing against Kent State. Mm -hmm. And then you marry that with Luther Burden, Missouri's best player. Turmoil in Columbia, Missouri. Exactly. It also just doesn't, like, if you think about it from an objective point of view, like, what was the final in Georgia, South Carolina, 49-3? 42-7. Why 49 3 was the Oregon game, 42 to 7 was the Carolina game. Okay, 28 seems low, <laughs> yeah, which is yeah. crazy to say, but it yeah, seems they win the game by, by six touchdowns. But as you said, we bet numbers, and I am typically not one to lay more than four touchdowns on the road, regardless. That's why it's my V pick, not an A pick. I will have money on it. Um, just for the sake of this parlay where I'm picking one game, I feel better about Kentucky getting seven than I do Georgia laying 28. It's now 29, but I'm in, baby. Yes, sir. Josh, I need you. You run the Twitter. Uh, we've got the five picks. I'll recap them here quickly, but I, I'm going to need a mutter, a mutter poll of the week on the Twitter to see which one of these picks here is, is the most, the muddiest of the week. Running it down from top to bottom, we start off with the Undertaker, Cal Wazoo, under 53 and a half. He tries to pull out one that he thinks is sharp. It doesn't matter what it is. Until it's over, it's under. So we'll see what happens this week. Following up on that one, we have Nebraska minus five against Indiana. That is a contender for the mutter of the week, people. Following up, Illinois plus seven at Wisconsin. Maybe fringe case mutter there. We'll see. Uh, and then we also have Rutgers plus 39 and a half at Ohio state. That one is definitely in the conversation for the mud pick of the week. And then finally, Kentucky plus seven at Ole Miss Mark. I think you're safe for a number of reasons. I don't think that's the muddiest pick this week. So there you have it, folks. Those are the five picks. We've gotten the B picks. Let's do a rapid fire alma mater. There's one team in the land that deserves a ton of love. And that is the man who is also four and on the podcast, the Dukes, baby. What we got this week off a huge win against App State? Are you kidding me? So by the transitive property, JMU beats Texas A&M, correct? Is that how that that works? That is how it works. How about Hang the banner, baby. Wow. Wow. Hang the banner. What was your pick on that game again? Yeah. I mean, I was was wrong. You know, the Dukes proved me wrong. They were down, I think, 28-10. Came back and scored. 28-3. 23. They had their own Tom Brady game. Wow. That's true. God damn. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, early on, I was like, yeah, it sounds about right. I could not believe the heart that they had that quarterback, man. Centejo, Todd Centejo, third time on the, on this podcast. So we're mentioning his name. We should get him on the podcast. He'll probably come on. We should have him on. I agree. Um, I could, him I, and I, Beth Mowens. Same, same episode. Right. Um, pumped. Pump for my Alma. They're looking good. I hope they don't do too good because I would hate to win the Sun Belt when you can't actually win the Sun Belt. Let's save a little bit for next year. But uh, my pick for this week, they're playing at home against Texas State. Uh, Texas State is pretty bad. The spread is 22. Over-under is 51. I'm going to take the under, not because I'm the undertaker or anything, but because there's a hurricane coming up the coast and Harrisonburg in northwestern Virginia at game time. 90% 90% chance of heavy rain, 28 mile an hour winds gusting to 40. I don't think I want any part of playing any sort of spread in that. I'm just going to hope that when you turn that on, everyone is soaked and just 
handing the ball back and forth. You can't kick a field goal in the rain. You can't throw the ball in the wind. Points are going to be at a premium, uh, not at a premium, I guess. But uh, so we're going to go under JMU and Texas State. Espo, Penn State, what we got? I think we're going to cover it's Penn State minus 25 and a half or 26, depending on the site uh, at home against Northwestern. It's a 330 kick. We have a bye next week, so I don't really think we'll be holding a whole lot back. And we looked a little lackluster against Central Michigan last week. So um, we cover pretty well so far this year. I think we're three and one against the spread. I don't really have a reason to not take us. I've got Michigan on the road at Kinnick. It's a place the top five teams go to die. Uh, it's hard to even think it's possible considering how bad Iowa's offense is. I'm not taking the spread. Plus 11 is a sucker bet. Minus 11 is a sucker bet. But under 42, that's a winning bet. Michigan is going to take the air out of the football. They're not going to ask J.J. McCarthy to do too much. And God forbid Iowa scores more than a touchdown against us. I just can't imagine that offense being able to move the ball consistently after what we watched in that eye bleeder of a game against Rutgers last week. So thank you for that, Mark. I hope you win this week. Uh, but this week we're taking Iowa, Michigan under 42. Uh, next up, Bechtel, LSU, what the Tigers got this week. Uh, I do have to admit something on this pod. I, you know, I said take New Mexico plus 31. At game time, I laid the opposite, and I was really happy about it. Um, I'm believing again. I'm feeling it. Um, I think over seven is a lock. I think we're going to beat the bricks off of Auburn. Auburn hates their coach. Here's a great opportunity to fire his ass. Um, we're going to go in there. It's a game we haven't won since 2019, which was the Natty team. And then since then, you know, Auburn's kind of had our number. I think we're going to go in there and beat the crap out of them. Our boy Booty just had a baby, a baby Booty. So shout out to him. He took the week off. He's going to be well rested, hopefully. Um, and uh, yeah, I love it. LSU all the way. Lay, lay the eight, lay the, the seven and a half, lay the whatever you see. I love that. Also, are it's, you a, gonna, it's a baby bump for booty. Yeah. Baby are you going to switch the pick right before the game and not tell us? Yeah, Bechtel, how can you give picks on this podcast for your alma mater? I will. And then switch. <laughs> like, what about it's not Because it's not really his alma mater. Because I was he's feeling, a I was feeling, I was feeling pessimistic. I was feeling pessimistic as, as one does sometimes when you lose at Florida state at the beginning of the year, I just came out here to the public and admitted what I did. I'm sorry for my actions, but it happened. Yeah. Bechtel, these people would have bet on New Mexico state at your, at your advice. And then you're just saying like, you weren't even riding with them. Like, please don't do that again. Bechtel regrets the error. And as we've already mentioned, and I, well, geez, what timing, uh, bad radio, but it, it would seem as though touchdown that. Christian Beal Smith. So full transparency, South Carolina's game got moved to Thursday because of hurricane Ian. So we've got one minute left in the third quarter. My pick was pre-recorded. We are minus 39 and a half at home against South Carolina state FCS foe 45 minutes down the road from Columbia. Um, it is currently Christian Beal Smith just uh, ran it in from the one after Juice Wells was tackled short of the goal line. South Carolina has a PAT to go up 36 to seven. That's a difference of 29. I did lay the 39 and a half. So we've got 11 more points to go to cover in the fourth quarter. 52 seconds left in the third, 36 to seven Carolina as we speak. 
All right. Well, I think it's very clear if you move a game up from Saturday to Thursday that you don't respect your opponent. Because clearly, like, if, if you're going to give yourself three less days, you're just like, I don't really well, know. Well, you know, it's an FCS school exactly. 45 minutes away exactly. with a good relationship with our school. So they didn't mind, I guess. And positive, um, rea- uh, positive uh, effect, I guess, from moving this game is more time to prep for uh, the road game against Kentucky next week. So we'll see how that goes. Could be a big one, especially if Kentucky wins outright on the road at Ole Miss. All right, gentlemen, that will do it for the podcast this week. One last rundown of the parlay slip. We have Cal Wazoo under 53 and a half, Nebraska minus five against Indiana, Illinois plus seven at Wisconsin, Rutgers plus 39 and a half at Ohio State, and Kentucky plus seven at Ole Miss. The boys bring four weeks of four and one into week five. The podcast at 15, four and one looks forward to a week with no apologies. I think week six, gentlemen, there won't be a single one of you that's going to have to get on the mic and apologize to the people because we're going to bring them a five and zero oh ticket. But remember, as it has been week after week, bet these individual games because the parlay doesn't hit. There is still money to be made. And that 78% proves it. We will see you next week, week six on the Parlay Like a Champion podcast.